At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome. City Cats presented by Bet River Sportsbook, a Thursday show for you. MLB Dream of FDN Bets will join us. We'll talk MLB futures as uh, Otani has just pitched incredibly lately. We'll, we'll talk about if Judge is in trouble in terms of the MVP, uh, who the Mets and Yankees should trade at the deadline. We'll get into a lot more with MLB Dream. So looking forward to that. And baseball is where we start here. Mets are off. They can use an off day as the Astros come into City Field and uh, just kick the Mets' teeth in basically for two games, just dominate them. Yesterday was scoreless game until the ninth. Castro hits a home run. Astros win it two nothing, and the Mets. Let, let's face it, got exploited a little bit these this past week or so against the Astros in Houston. Uh, Carrasco got roughed up a couple of times. Trevor Williams got knocked around. Mets couldn't hit. Mets uh Mets got exposed a little bit, so they are off today. They are now minus one seventy five to win the division as they lose. As we mentioned yesterday, they lost. The Braves won, and now it's three. Now it's a pennant race. So. Uh, with 15 games head to head, we're not even in July yet. You got a long way to go here uh, for the Mets, and what was a 10 and a half game lead is down to three. So, like a lot of things in life, I think you can look at it one of two ways. You can say, "Hey, we haven't had Degrom all year. We've we haven't had Scherzer for four or five weeks, and we're still in first place. All is well." It's a fair way to look at it. Another way to look at it is, "Hey, once you're up 10 and a half games in the division, I don't care who how early it is. I don't care who's out." Once you have a 10.5 game lead, you expect to win the division. You expect to win the division. Mets were minus 450 at one point to win the division. And now it's basically a coin flip. It's basically a jump ball. Like I said, Mets minus 175 here at Bet Rivers. I already have bets on the Mets. I already told you a few weeks ago, hey, this thing could tighten up. The Braves, I think, were 3-1. to one, So 
I've given you good numbers on both teams here. And if you played it right, you could sit here and just kind of kick your feet up and, you know, gain a profit either way. I think the Mets ultimately win it, but they, uh, they need a bat too. I think we, we've mentioned that they, hey, they need a pitcher, need a reliever, need to get their starters back. They need some more thump too, because there's just not a lot of power. It's a lot of weak contact in this lineup and against a good pitching staff, especially you're going to see good pitching staffs in the postseason. I just don't know that they have enough offense to compete with. They have enough offense to compete with these teams, but look, this team is, it's not about competing for the Mets. This is, you have DeGrom, you have Scherzer, you have one of the best records in baseball. This is about winning a world series. So I think they need one more thumper, whether that's a Nelson Cruz, um, you know, Ben attendee. I don't know who that is, but they need one more uh, big bat. It, it looks like, I mean, obviously with the Red Sox playing as well as they've played, they're not going to trade you JD Martinez, which looked like a possibility early in the year when the Red Sox were, you know, 10 games under 500. That's not going to happen, but the Mets need a bat here. So the Mets are off today. We're, we are in for a pennant race uh, in the NL East. And I actually watched Scherzer pitch last night in Hartford. So Scherzer looked good through 97 miles an hour. Uh, he will be back. It looks like Monday, all things, uh, all systems go here for Scherzer. Said he felt good, said he's ready to pitch for the Mets. So it looks like he's on track to pitch Monday, the 4th of July. That's against the Reds. Uh, so that's a good sign. DeGrom threw a 27-pitch bullpen yesterday. And again, we are taking the long road here with DeGrom. My goodness, it's bullpen after bullpen. But through 27 pitches, I guess he, he did face live hitters. So uh, it sounds like a rehab start is not too far down the road. I mean, my goodness, at some point you got to pitch here. At some point you got to pitch. At some point you got to be, you know, it just, just constantly seems like he's two weeks away from being two weeks away. But it does sound like DeGrom inching, and I, and I mean inching towards a return. Let's say he's able to make a rehab start, I don't know, a week, 10 days, makes another rehab start, maybe two, three weeks. I think two weeks is cutting it short, but I think maybe three weeks from now. Well, we're two weeks from the All-Star break, so maybe the week after the All-Star break, he can come back that second, third week of July. And if you get Scherzer back, schedule gets a little easier here. You get the Rangers, the Reds. You get the showdown against the Braves. That's interesting. Could he get back for the Braves series July 11th? That I don't know. That would seem like seem unlikely. That would seem unlikely. You'd like, you'd like to have him back for that series, obviously, but still plenty of games left head-to-head. -head. So maybe if he can come back after that and stay back and beat DeGrom, uh, you're in good shape. So like I said, Mets off today. Yankees now play the Astros after the Astros, like I said, just buried the Mets twice here at City Field, twice in Houston last week. We get a Yankees-Astros a one-off today as these teams were supposed to play early in the season, but because of the lockout, that first week or so got banged out. And over the course of the season, you don't have three consecutive off days where you can just make up a series at once. So they're just making it up. They're piecing it together one game at a time. So this is the first part of the makeup. They're playing one game tonight in Houston. It is Severino against Garcia. Remember, they had the epic four-game series last weekend where they split. Yankees really could have lost all four. Garcia threw a great game against the Yankees. So uh, Yankees minus 128 at Bet Rivers. The Yankees are a play today. I like the Yankees. Uh, if you saw yesterday the, the Mets-Astros game, Alvarez and Pena had a nasty collision. I would assume, I would bet that both of those guys are going to be out of the lineup tonight. So you're going to see some Yankees money. You're going to get a better number on the Astros later. If you like the Astros, uh, I think this is a good bet for the Yankees. If you're taking Alvarez and Pena out of the lineup, this is not the same Astros team. Hell, they still have Altuve and Bregman. They could they could certainly still win. Um, it's baseball. Anyone can win. I mean, obviously. But without Alvarez, who's one of the three or four best hitters in the league, and without Pena, who's had a really good year as their rookie shortstop, this is uh, that, that hurts the Houston lineup. That hurts their offense. 
And uh, I think the Yankees here with Severino on the mound are a good play. Yankees just continue to, to cruise. They're going to kill these bad teams. Anyone who's worried about them not winning the division. I mean, there's just too many Oakland's and Cincinnati's and Pittsburgh's and Cleveland's. Not that Cleveland's a terrible team, but there's just too many of these mediocre to bad teams on their schedule. Yankees, like we've been mentioned, they're going to win 110, 112 games. We'll see what they do with the deadline. It's not a perfect team, but it's a team that's just bullying these teams. I mean, they got down 3 nothing yesterday, and they were still minus 115 favorites at Bet Rivers to win the game. I mean, you just don't see that in baseball. If the team's down 3 nothing, I don't care who's playing who. A three-run lead's a three-run lead, and they were still favored. And before you know it, Judge, it's a, it's a, home, a two-run homer right off the bat. Stanton, it's a three-run homer. And that was really all the scoring there was. Oakland had three runs with two outs in the first inning. Uh, I was following that closely because I had the Yankees to score first. That didn't happen. Needed one more out. Didn't get it. So Oakland gets three in the first. Yankees score two. Stanton hits a three-run homer the other way. Stanton's always hits are homers lately. He, he's had enough power. He's going to have a surge here where he hits a bunch, and he's hit a bunch this week. But, you know, he looks a little late on the fastball. He hasn't been great for the Yankees, but the Yankees uh, play the Astros tonight. I like them, and they just continue to just bury these teams. They are gone and hidden here in this AL East. They are going to be the one seed in the American League. They're going to win 108, 110, 112. You name your, your number here with the, with the Yankees in terms of games they win, but they are going to win this division. And like we mentioned, it's going to put some pressure on them come postseason. So Judge here, it, it, minus 118 for the MVP is going to be fascinating to watch because if you've noticed, Otani has been great the last month or so with his pitching. He started to hit a little better. He had certainly regressed. Uh, that first, I would say, two-plus months of the season. Remember, he came into Yankee Stadium about a month ago, didn't pitch well for the, for the second time in two years, got bombed off the mound in Yankee Stadium, wasn't hitting well. Batting average, for whatever that was worth, was way down, striking out a million times. But he has pitched well, he's hit well, and it's, it's going to be a fascinating case study in terms of what the voters think because Judge is going to be on a team that's going to win a million games. He's going to hit a million homers, barring an injury, and I still favor him. But you're going to have Otani here with he's down to like a two and a half ERA, a bunch of strikeouts on the mound, some decent, decent offensive numbers. So fascinating American League MVP race. Otani plus 325, Judges minus 118. And you still have your Devers, Alvarez, Trout, who it's funny to think of Trout as an afterthought, but uh, it's a pretty crowded field at the top for the American League MVP race. So that'll be something to keep an eye on as the season goes along as Otani here has uh has given judge at least something to think about or, or judge betters at least something to think about where hey i'm not sure if this is you know really locked up here for judge i still favor him he is favored i think that's the rightful line but uh at least something to keep an eye on so exciting day here with with the yankees playing the astros those games are always fun you know the, those games were fun last weekend yankees got no hit for a bunch of the innings uh there's a rivalry aspect so we get one off here today with the Yankees and the Astros, that should be a lot of fun. So uh, looking forward to that. I like the Yankees. Mets are off as that division has tightened up. So we'll get to MLB Dream here in a minute. Uh, just quickly, some MLB specials for Bet Rivers today. Matt Olson to record a hit and to score a run versus the Phillies. Yes is plus 112. And then over two and a half Dodgers to record two plus hits versus the Padres. So let's see. So you need three three Dodgers to record two or more hits against the Padres tonight. That is plus 110. You can check that those out at Bet Rivers. And another one for tennis, Jokovic and Tiafo to both win in straight sets. That is plus 618. So check those out. BetRivers.com. Download the Bet Rivers app. Again, the Yankees are the bet for today. When we come back, 
MLB Dream. We'll talk MLB Futures. We'll talk Cy Young, MVP, break down the NL East race, anything else he likes for tonight. That is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21 or older, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. We are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook, making his debut. Someone I've wanted to have on for a long time. It is MLB Dream. He is a baseball contributor at FTN Bets. Spring training expert. Excited to have him on. MLB Dream, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening, Will, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you and I have been chatting baseball and even you know, going back to football season, sharing a few bets. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to finally be on with you. Absolutely. Uh, you're great at what you do, so I'm going to try to pick your brain here a little bit. And before we get into some specifics in terms of awards, games for tonight, um, you know, I think people with baseball get a little bit overwhelmed. It's a little bit of alphabet soup with all these analytics and all these stats. People don't know what to look for, what means what. Can you explain a little bit you know, your process and really somebody who doesn't understand this stuff, uh, if you're explaining it to them, what stats to look for and, and kind of what they mean? Oh, yeah, sure. For, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, normally, you know, since most of these lines are weighted so heavily on the starting pitcher, that's pretty much where I start with every game. Um, I, you like to look at the surface stats like the ERA, and then you kind of try to dive into some of the advanced stats like Sierra and FIP and, um, you know, see if they've been unlucky or a little bit lucky. Um, you kind of tried to look at uh, the left on base percentage for a pitcher and um, the Babbitt, batting average of balls in play to see if they're kind of been um, around league average or, again, if they're getting some good luck. And eventually most of those numbers will regress back to league average or their career average. But that's pretty much what I try to, try to look for um, when I'm breaking down a pitcher. And also a lot of their swinging strike metrics, um, like their Z contact percentage, what percentage hitters are making a contact on pitches in the zone and just their general swinging strike percentage. Uh, those stats tend to stabilize a little bit more and might tell you a little bit more of the about a pitcher's true ability or, or how his pitches are moving more so than like the ERA or those other surface stats. What are I would I would ask you I guess how to simplify it in terms of like how do you read the stats? Is there any way for somebody's like hey I bet a little baseball I watch baseball but I don't really understand any of this. What's sort of a simple way where, hey, I can go to this website that's free or whatever because most people aren't going to pay for a website if they're just casually betting baseball. What's something just like a baseball for dummies here where you look at this stat and say, you know what, this helps me a lot. Uh, how would you kind of explain it to, to sort of a beginner? I mean, it's actually pretty easy. There's a lot of, you know, that's one thing I love about baseball and what's kind of a little bit difficult when I was trying to get back into football last season is a lot of this information is free, either on Fangraphs or Baseball Savant. You really don't need much more than those two uh, sites. So if you want to kind of keep it simple, you can look at some of the expected stats, and those are available on both those sites. Like if a guy has an ERA of four, but his expected ERA is a little bit higher at 4.6, 4.7, that's when you can start looking into more specific stats to see what they kind of expect to regress or not. Um, and also another really great tool, if you're watching the game, just kind of want to uh, keep an eye on some of the advanced metrics that are popping up. Is, um, Baseball Savant has a great live box score that you can pull up during the game. It'll show you a team's expected batting average and, you know, 
uh, exit velocity and those types of things that like to give you an idea to see if what you're really sitting for the eye test is matching the data, which is always fun to kind of check. Uh, this is a, a New York based show and boy, the Mets, they, they led by 10 and a half at one point. It's down to three. And I guess a lot of things you can look at two ways. You can say, you know what? Um, you haven't had Scherzer for a while. You haven't had DeGrom all season. It's been a year since he's pitched. And you have the World Series champs in your division. You can make the case they have the two best teams in the, in the National League right now in the NLE. So you could say, you know what? You're still in first place. It's a good thing. But you could also look at it and say, hey, when you're up 10 and a half games at any point, you expect to win the division. Uh, where are you at here? It looks like we're, we're headed for a long pennant race. They still have 15 games head-to-head. -head. Uh, how would you handicap this NL East race? I mean, yeah, I was pretty much right there with you. I kind of expected. It was looking like the Mets were about to run away with it, and then Max hit the IL, and of course, you know, you expect a groom to come back pretty soon, but the Braves have been playing great ball lately. And, you know, the Phillies have been as well uh, once they fired Girardi. And, you know, really bad luck for them with Harper hitting the IL, but it's kind of fortunate for the Mets and the Braves that he'll be out, you know, minimum six to eight weeks here. I still I still like the Mets to win this division, um, especially with getting their two aces back. Um, you know, I expect – I don't think Max will make another minor league start after what we saw yesterday. He even said that he's ready to go. And I know they're, you know, we don't have that much clear information on Jacob, but I mean, you got to assume that he'll be back in, in the next few weeks, and that'll give them a huge boost. And you know, I'm a, I'm a nose fan. Um, it's nice to see Buck Showalter back in baseball, and it's a little bit more enjoyable when he's not necessarily managing your team. But uh, I love Buck, and it's pretty cool to see the Mets back on top. Yeah, the latest for Degrom is uh, he threw a 27 pitch live batting practice. We're recording this Thursday, so I guess he threw it yesterday, Wednesday. 27 pitches. Showalter wasn't specific, but he said he's getting close to a rehab assignment. So you figure probably two rehab assignments. I don't know. I'm just guessing, but he's, it's not going to be just one and done. Remember, he did pitch a little in spring training, so it's not like he hasn't pitched at all. You figure a couple spring training. So, like you said, two weeks, maybe three weeks. What are we? A couple weeks from the All Star break here. So. Um, as long as you get Scherzer back, I, I think Scherzer's going to pitch Monday. You get DeGrom back in a few weeks. Would you expect DeGrom to be DeGrom when he gets back and be basically the best pitcher on the planet, or would you have a little less certainty? Um, honestly, yeah. If not the best, like, what, top five, it's safe to assume, because he's not going to come back if, if he's not ready to go. And even last year when he was dealing with, I don't know, a number of injuries, they were pretty vague last season as well. I mean, he was still out there dominating. Um, even, you know, until he hit the IL pretty much. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty confident in his ability. Yeah, not only dominating pitching, but remember he was hitting too, which we're not going to see this year because uh, they, they got rid of the DH and the National League, which I can't stand because I bet a lot of unders. My, my bread and butter used to be first five unders nationally. You get the pitcher up a couple times. You, know, you get those two to one first five innings and, and you're in good shape. Now with, with the DH, it's really kind of thrown off my handicap. And do you feel the same way or doesn't bother you too much? I mean, you know, being such a big AL East guy, <laughs> I'm kind of fine with, with the DH. And remember, that's how DeGrom got hurt last year. So I'm kind of happy they got rid of the uh, pitchers hitting. I mean, I have, nobody really wants to see that. I, I get that it, you know, messes with the handicapping. But, I mean, again, offense is still down, I think, this year. Um, I wouldn't want to see how bad it would be with pitchers hitting as well. Yeah, I mean, I could certainly understand it from an entertainment standpoint. I mean, you, you got a guy up there who has no chance, especially with all these pitchers throwing 98 miles an hour now. You got a, a guy up there, he goes up there and takes three horrible swings at 98 mile an hour fastballs, strikes out, and goes back. It's from an entertainment standpoint, it's uh, it's certainly, you know, we can improve upon that by adding the DH. Just from a betting standpoint, I feel like the numbers, and I know they built it into the number. I, I guess there's just a sense of a comfort when you have a, an under and you see the pitcher going two on, two out, and you see the pitcher throw up there. You just feel good about your bet.
No, for sure. Especially if you need that one more K on a strikeout prop, and you're like, yeah. perfect. <laughs> this is where he'll get it. How much of your handicapping is strikeout props? Because I've been getting into them more lately. I think that's a beatable market. Uh, remember, these hand, these guys that make the lines, you got to put up lines for baseball. Uh, the the Who's going to win the game? The side, the total, first five under. You know, WNBA games. They still have NFL games. They have CFL. They have a lot to do. I think it's hard. Hard. I think people give you know the book the bookmakers the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, they just get every line right because they know everything. But you got to put up lines for everything. Eventually, you're going to make some bad lines. I think strikeout props are beatable. Have you had success with these? And, and how often do you play the strikeout props? Uh, for sure, man. To be completely honest, this is something that like I didn't really start looking at until towards the end of the season last year. Um, but I've actually, <clears throat> excuse me, been doing a bunch of them this year. I just pulled up my record. It's 93 and 69 on strikeout props this year, up about 13x. Um, and, you know, any advice with that market, especially we saw this early in the season, it's, the market's pretty much getting blown up by like 9 or 10 a.m. Like if you don't uh, know what you like by then and put it in, like you're probably going to miss your side by like 30 or 40 cents. We're seeing a bunch of steam. Again, it's most of these markets are, are one-way markets. But yeah, I've had good success with them, and um, I'm actually just starting to look into some of the uh, total bases props for hitting on the hitting side, but just barely getting started with that. But yeah, I'm really liking these strikeout props, and you know, as Maryland gets legalized with gambling, I'm starting to look into maybe some of the um, other pitching props, like number of outs and number of earned runs giving up. I definitely think that market's uh, beatable. I mean, and like you said, the books just have so much going on, and uh, I think unlike most betters, I love betting baseball in September uh, when football is pretty much getting up and running and most people are starting to pay attention to that and, and have left the MLB market. I tend to find a number of edges uh, during that time of year as well. Yeah, totally agree with you. Uh, what's your theory here on the baseballs? Because uh, we've heard a bunch of different things. We hear they're different day to day, week to week. Um, you know, offense was down really that first month. Part of that maybe is the weather. What, what's your thoughts here on the baseballs, remember 2019, we saw a million homers. Uh, do you think they are the same game to game? And, and kind of what's your takeaway and how you build that into your handicapping? I mean, man, to be completely honest, I missed those 2019 baseballs. <laughs> that was easily my, my best year. It took the books legitimately about two months to adjust to the new balls. Um, honestly, you know, like most pitchers have said, I do think there's obviously some inconsistency with the balls. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a different ball every now and then. I do think um, a lot of teams didn't really know how to handle or um, store balls in the humidor. And we've seen baseball come out with stricter guidelines and more specific guidelines on how to do that. But I also think a lot of the boost that we've seen this year is just simply um, because of the weather warming up. And with the use, use of the humidors, I mean, it doesn't make much sense to set the balls in a humidor, humidor at the same temperature in Florida as they set it in Boston or whatever that is. Um, so I, I don't think it's... I don't think they handled it the best way, but yeah, it's honestly, it's mostly just a headache. And when we see just like, even we were just talking about strikeout props, we'll see strikeouts fluctuate because of the different balls or at least how the ball is playing differently. So it would be ideal if they just grab, you know, stuck with one ball for a few years and make our handicapping a lot easier, but it's, it's kind of a headache to go back and forth and you got to keep an eye on, on the data and, and see how it fluctuates. Uh, Otani threw another great game last night. Do you have any future bet? Did you make any? I mean, we talk a lot about you know the bets, you know back back and forth here with messages. Did you make any bets before the season, or have you made any bets on futures? And I guess we'll get to Otani after that because he's really pitched well. But where, where do you kind of stand now with uh with the AL MVP, the Cy Young, and um 
you know, what Otani's doing here versus what Judge is doing? Uh, to be completely honest, I don't do many futures. I think I've had like one or two each year. The only one I bet this year was, I think we actually talked about this at the time. I took the uh, Brewers to win the Central at something like plus 125. Uh, that wasn't looking so good once uh, Woodruff and Peralta were on the IL, but it's good to see Woodruff back and, and, and he looked decent. Um, but I haven't really messed around with the uh, Cy Young or the MVP market. You and I actually were talking a couple of days ago about um, Aaron Nola. And he's on the mound today. I mean, he looks great, and he's been really good lately. So I'd be surprised to see – I wouldn't be surprised. I'm keeping an eye on his number and see if it drops um, – you know, gets – the number drops anymore. But you mentioned Otani, man. I mean, you look at his numbers a couple of weeks ago, and they were looking kind of average, and he wasn't doing that well at the plate. And he's kind of seemed like he's turned it around the last couple of weeks, a couple of great starts, and doing really well at the plate. Uh, I saw Spread, our buddy Spreadopedia, tweeting this morning that he's still at plus money. I think I might have to hop on that eventually. It's going to be a fascinating case study because with everything Judge is doing, and not just that, he's in New York, you get the Yankee bump, uh, he's had big hits, walk-off homers, and again, his team's going to win. I mean, they're on pace for 120, they're not going to get 120, but even if they win 110 and he has, I don't know, 58 homers, Compare that with Otani, which, look, he got every first-place vote last year, but that wasn't – first of all, it was new. And then Guerrero, his team finished in fourth place. Uh, so, so, you know, the, the old versus new thing here with Otani, are people going to be worn out by it? We, we never see people win the Heisman back-to-back. A lot of this becomes narrative. And, uh, boy, I, I just wonder, how would you handicap this race? And, and weighing in, Otani's on a bad team, Judge's on a great team. Do you think that factors into it? I mean, I definitely think it factors in. I mean, you mentioned it. Judge is on pace for 62 home runs. I think his adjusted home run prop is at 61 and a half, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, the Yankees are going to get more votes than they normally would anyway, but especially since they're the best team in baseball and pretty much at a historic place uh, pace. I know their run differential is like what the best since like 1906. I forget the exact date, but they're absolutely matching. So I definitely think it'll come down to those two. Um, you know, Toronto's probably going to finish second or third, get a wild card spot. I still expect four teams from the East to uh, make the playoffs. But, yeah, I think this pretty much will come down to Otani and Judge. And who knows if there will be some voter fatigue. But it, I, be, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm honestly torn between those two at this point. And I think Judge is at minus 120 right now to be the MVP, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, right around there. I could pull it up on Bet Rivers here. But, yeah, he was – Three or one a few weeks ago, then he just started to creep towards even money. And I was at the point where, hey, you're basically just betting against an injury at this point. Like you said, Otani was regressing, but now Otani's come back to life here. I don't know. Sometimes these narratives get set in stone and it's hard to turn around, but we still have so much season left. And it's going to be a fascinating race as, you know, Otani just – the one thing is not only is he on a bad team, but he pitches, he only pitches once a week. They give him a lot of rest. Um, it'll be fascinating. I still, I still favor Judge. I think right now, if you ended the season, Judge would win it, and he'd win it pretty considerably. Uh, but but look, we we've got a lot of season left here in, in terms of the MVP, and Judge, like you said, is uh, is minus one eighteen here at Bet Rivers. Wow. Otani plus three twenty five. I mean, that's kind of hard not to take at least a piece of. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, but I agree with you. If, if the Yankees finish with the best record in baseball, and you know, I've said this before, but I think the Angels should probably look into trading Otani. Um, I want to say, I think he only has one year left on his deal after this season. And I mean, the way that team's going, I really would be surprised if he resigns there. I was shocked that he even signed there to begin with. But I mean, if they're going to finish fourth in the, in the West, they really should look into dealing him. 
they just can't get it right because they try to do the right thing. They spend the money, whether it's Josh Hamilton, Rendon, CJ Wilson, Pujols. Like they go out and, and you can't fault them for trying. I mean, they give the effort, but boy, Rendon, they signed him and he was one of the three or four best hitters in baseball when they signed him. He falls off the map. Hamilton contract was a disaster. Pujols gave him a couple of good years, but that was a bad contract. They just, boy, you have Otani, you have Trout, and you just can't get out of your own, own way. It's, it's really kind of amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they spend a bunch of bad money. I have completely forgotten about C.J. Wilson. That's a good pull right there. And we saw them, what, draft like 20 uh, pitchers in the, in the draft this past year. So they that, know yeah. that they need pitching, but they just can't seem to kind of put the pieces around Trout other than Otani. Yeah, and when he came over from Japan, remember, he only had a specific team that he was considering. Like the Yankees weren't on the list. So I don't know how much power he has and, and where he can go, but it's interesting because – as great as he is, we don't know we don't know him very well. We don't know what he thinks about these things and where he wants to go. I don't know if that factors into it, but I remember when he came over from Japan, he had a short list of teams that he, he wanted to go to. Yeah, and, and honestly, I was still surprised that he ended up with, <laughs> with the Angels. It was kind of a head-scratcher, and I mean, we're kind of seeing why at, at this point because they're a team that's going nowhere. Also, I don't know if you saw this clip uh, from last night or the night before, one of the Angels' pitchers appeared to be tipping his pitches on the mound. Yeah, I and saw that. Trout was kind of mocking him or, do, you know, showing how he was tipping his pitches in the outfield, looking really frustrated. But, yeah, I, I feel for Trout as well, man. I, I don't know how he doesn't demand a trade and, and ask to be moved to a decent team. Yeah, and you never really see him get annoyed. He seems like such a good guy, but even he was just, like you said it well, visibly frustrated and just he's fed up. But, hey, he signed the contract, and – it's tough because these guys, they can't have it both, you know, they, they get knocked no matter what they do. If he went to the Dodgers or the Yankees, people would call him a ring chaser. People would say he's not loyal, like Durant and that kind of thing. And then if you sign and you take the money and you stay with your team, people say, you know what, well, you don't care about winning. You just did it for the money. So these guys, it almost can't win whichever way they do it. I mean, yeah, you saw Durant get a bunch of shit. And, you know, being a DMV guy, a DC guy, I always wanted him to come to the Wizards. And I, I feel for him. I don't, you know. But, yeah, I mean, Trout's been with this team for 10 years, and they haven't won shit. At this point, I mean, let the guy go at least get a taste of the playoffs. We all want to see Trout in the playoffs. So I don't know if – you know, I don't think he'd get as much hate as uh, Durant got. No, absolutely not. I mean, the thing with Durant is he left a team that just lost to the Warriors, had a three games to one lead. He left – he went to a team that had 73 wins, so it was completely different. But I just mean in general, these guys – you know, if he, if he went to the Dodgers, people could criticize him for – not being loyal, then if he, he is loyal, people criticize him for uh, being on a bad team and, and not caring about winning. So I agree. I think Trout just kind of blow it up. They, don't, they won't do it, but trade Otani, trade Trout, and, uh, and blow it up. They probably aren't going to do that, but boy, it just seems like they can't catch a break. How about Otani 17-1 to one to win the Cy Young? Do you think we could see a compromise and say, you know what, Judge is the MVP for all the reasons we just mentioned, the home runs, this team's winning all these games, but Otani's pitching great. Maybe we give him the Cy Young. Or is that hypocritical? Because if he's good enough to win the Cy Young and he's going to hit 35 homers, isn't he the MVP? What are, you, what are your thoughts about that, Otani? 17 to 1 Cy Young. I mean, it's kind of hard to, to pass on that number as well. I was looking, you know, last night and I actually wanted to see uh, what McClanahan was listed at because he's a guy that's just been striking everybody out. I, I, I mean, I kind of would expect him to be at the favorite at this point. But again, man, I would have a hard time passing an Otani at plus 350. At 17 to 1, I feel like I got to take a piece of that as well. Yeah, I can pull up the numbers. Pretty much all year it's been uh, McClanahan, Verlander as the short shots for the for the Cy Young. Cole kind of lingering in that 7-8-1 range. I know he got up to 10-1 to where I thought that was an interesting price for him. 
Uh, you have Verlander's plus 250. McClanahan's three to one, so that's not a great number. Then you have Manoa plus 650. Cole plus 850. And then Otani and Cease are both 17 to one. Neither one of those is, is terrible, to be honest. Gaussman, 19 to one. Bieber, 20 to one. I don't think I would take. Uh, Cortez, 23 to one. Gilbert, 35 to one. Kopik, 60 to one. Martin Perez with a nice bounce back season is 60 to one. Uh, Framber Valdez, 65 to one. Scooble, 65 to one. Frankie Montas, 90 to one. You could say, hey, stop reading. You're in the 90 to one <laughs> range here. But remember, Robbie Ray was 100 to one last year, as late as the All Star break, and ended up winning the award. So you never know. Any of those prices uh, jump out at you besides Otani? Uh, not too many. I mean, you know, I think both Bieber and Cole, I think what kind of held them back, or what I was expecting to hold them back this year, were their strikeout numbers being down, at least from their career numbers. But I think we've seen both kind of tick up over the last month or so. Um, so I, I do think that, that there is still some decent value there. Um, but yeah, it, it's a tough market. I, I don't think there's any value on C's. We've seen um, Nasty Nestor kind of not necessarily fall off, but he's getting less strikeouts than he did um, to begin the season. Maybe there's a little bit of value in Gossman. Um, I've been trying to find an article, I'll try to confirm it, but uh, it was reported that he was tipping his pitches. Uh, we've, we've seen team, a bunch of teams been able to lay off his splitter the, the past few starts, and he got it going against the Red Sox in his most recent outing, but I don't know. I read something that he switched to a bigger glove to be able to hide the ball better, but that's something I haven't been able to confirm. And honestly, if we do see his strikeouts increase to back back to where they were a couple months ago, I think he would definitely have some value. What's your sense on this Yankee team? Obviously, the records uh, says that they're a historically great team. You watch a lot of AOE's baseball. Do you get the sense? Because I don't that this is a great all-time great team. You have Gallo and Hicks and, and kind of Flayfoot shortstop. You don't. You have a few holes here. What's your sense in terms of this Yankee team as being like this historically great team? I mean, we kind of expected them to, you know, to hit pretty well. I mean, those are the guys you mentioned, yes, like seven through nine isn't isn't great, but those are still some pretty solid hitters. I think the biggest surprise for me um, was their rotation. I didn't expect them to, to pitch really this well um, from top to bottom. Severino looks you know, like he did before injury. And not only that, but he looks like he's on his way to having a career here. His stuff looks great. He, he's, he's had great movement on his pitches. He's getting up tons of swings and swings and misses as well. And then, man, with all the their bullpen, it's just been absolutely lights out. And they're, they'll, they'll be getting a couple of Britain. Um, they should probably move Chapman to the sixth or seventh inning role, but they should, they're going to get two or three more guys off the IL to, to make that bullpen even better. So, you know, when I watch them, you definitely get the feeling, and we saw it with the Astros. You know, honestly, the Astros probably should have swept them for four games that series. The Yankees got two walk-off wins, and I'm not saying they didn't deserve those wins, but, you know, there were games that they were losing in. Um, but you really don't ever get the feeling that they're out of it, especially <laughs> in that ballpark. But, hey, I mean, you're supposed to tailor your team to your ballpark, so I'm not hating on them for that. How about the idea that they're going to get to the playoffs? They haven't been to a World Series in 12 years. They're going to win like 110 games. Do you buy the idea that there's going to be a ton of pressure on them, especially those first couple rounds? Because if you ever lost in the division round, it'd be a disaster. Do you buy the idea that this is going to put added pressure on them come the postseason? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it makes sense. But honestly, um, I thought thought this before last week's series. I do think that the Astros, Yankees, and they're playing again tonight, which I'm really looking forward to. I, 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 it's safe to assume that's going to be a preview of the ALCS. Uh, they just really look like the two best teams in the AL. And, you know, I mean, the Yankees have been in the playoffs, so I don't think the nerves you know, will, will be too much for them. 
Yeah, I think baseball would uh, would do very well here to get a Yankees-Astros ALCS and a Mets-Dodgers NLCS just because you get coast-to-coast with the Mets-Dodgers, everything with their history, everything with the rivalry with the Yankees-Astros. It sets up a bunch of storylines in the World Series, whether it's Yankees-Mets, Yankees-Dodgers, Astros-Dodgers um, in terms of everything that happened with them a few years ago. So I think a Yankees-Astros, Mets-Dodgers Final Four is just everything that uh, baseball would need and everything they would want. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that would be much must-watch TV. I mean, as was last week's series. So um, I actually do have a bet on tonight's game. I wasn't expecting to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even if without action, these games have pretty much become must, must-see TV. Who would you take? Did you say you like the Yankees tonight? I took the Yankees, I think, around minus 118. Yeah, minus 118. Um, you know, I do think that we'll get some COV there once the lineups are announced. We saw Jordan Alvarez and Pena kind of collide on the field yesterday. Uh, Alvarez had to be carted all. I think Pena stayed in for one more hitter, but he definitely seemed a little fuzzy, like he might have had a concussion, and the trainer then came on the field and pulled him. So I'd be surprised if either one of those guys um, are, is in the lineup tonight. So I do expect we'll see some more Yankees money once those lineups are posted. How do you think they handle Chapman when he comes back? That's a great question, man. I mean, anybody who's watched him or watch the Yankees knows that he shouldn't be in the ninth inning role. I think it was Mike Petriello tweeted yesterday that in 2016, not only was it his fastball, but averaging amongst all his pitches, he was sitting at 98 miles per hour. <laughs> and I mean, what we've seen is fastball this year at like 94, 95. So, I mean, plus he's he has, wild. He's wild. I mean, right. He has issues with control. And plus with the rest of that bullpen with, with Clay Holmes, I mean, there's really no reason why he should be put into any high leverage situations. So, I mean, I think he's mostly like a seventh-inning guy at this point. I wouldn't even pitch him in the lead. I wouldn't even pitch him <laughs> in the lead because he can hurt you. Hey, if it's a 3-2 game, whether it's the seventh inning, eighth inning, or ninth inning, he can hurt you just as much in the seventh as he can in the ninth. Uh, I want no part of him. I don't trust him. I, I always say when he goes in the game as a Yankee fan, he's sweating, you're sweating, it's a disaster, and you have too many other options like you mentioned, and you probably trade for another guy here at this point, uh, you know, a lefty, maybe one or two other bullpen pieces. I wouldn't trust him just because he can hurt you in, in any inning. You know, actually looking at numbers now, I'm surprised that they don't that he doesn't face more lefties because obviously he, his numbers are much better against lefties. So maybe I mean honestly, I would be. I know with the, what the three batter rule at this one's a little bit more difficult to do that. But yeah, if they could maybe find more spots to go lefty on lefty with him. Um, but you know, what is he making this year? Like 25 million or 20 million? I'm, I'm just guessing, but it's kind of hard not to at least still pitch him in the sixth or seventh inning at that point. But, hey, it's a, it's a sunk cost fallacy. The Mets did the right thing with Cano where he said, you know what, I know you're making all this money, but the best thing for the team is this, so we're going to let you go. I, I don't think you can operate with the salaries in mind. I think you, you have a chance here to, to go to a World Series, to win a World Series. You have to put your team in the best position to do that and forget the contracts, forget the egos. But one thing in favor of, of Chapman, the one case for him, I guess, would be as the season goes on, usually as the weather gets warmer, his velocity ticks up. He's had a habit of doing that in the past. And you can make the case maybe he was pitching through an injury. I think it's an Achilles injury he had. Maybe he wasn't fully healthy with the time off. Maybe he's gotten stronger, and he, maybe he can get that fastball up to the 100-mile-an-hour range and, and be in play for the back end of the bullpen. That I would buy. But other than that, he makes me very nervous here in the end of these games. I mean, yeah, honestly, I think that would be best-case scenario for the Yankees. Because looking at his numbers now, his swinging strike percentage is about 12%, about 5% below his career average, which sits at 17. And also, um, hitters only usually for his career have only made average on – contact on pitches in the zone at 71%. That's at almost 80% this year. 
So I think it'd be, you know, you kind of want to hope that it was injury related and that he will bounce back. And it's funny that you mentioned the Mets. I know you and I have talked about this before. They've kind of uh, reversed roles with the Yankees here. You know, the Yankees used to be the big spenders and, you know, wouldn't care about 20 or 25 million here and there, but it kind of <laughs> doesn't seem like the Yankees want to get too close or go over that luxury tax. And it's probably why we're seeing, you know, Chapman still get innings. Really. Yeah. I had Mark Feinstein on the pod a couple of weeks ago and he kind of defended Steinbrenner. I think he's, uh, he's not close with the, with these, with the Steinbrenner and the new ownership, but uh, has some sort of relationship with him. And he's like, well, how wants to win. And I didn't say this, but it was like, you know, everybody wants to win. George needed to win. It was almost like a, a Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, like a psychopathic obsession with winning where, look, everybody wants to win, but there's a difference between wanting to win and needing to win. And I think these guys want to win. They don't necessarily need to win. No, you're, you nailed it. I mean, we saw George was like almost like desperate, you know what I mean? And that's what a lot of these moves at the deadline showed that like, hey, this might not be good in a year or two, but I know it's going to make us better at this moment and those are the type of deals we regularly saw the Yankees go out and make and we haven't seen that type of deal in, in a few years for, by them um Rizzo was a great pickup but I don't think that cost them that much yeah I mean who did they get this past winter Kiner Falefa and Donaldson okay great who did they get the winner before that Kluber I mean they've been very conservative like you said with money very conservative with their prospects it's always, hey, you know, in years past, we're going to get Severino back at the deadline. We don't need to make a move. Or we got these shortstops coming, so we don't need to get Correa. They've been very – can you imagine Correa on this team? I know Yankee fans don't like him. I don't like him, but he's having a great year. And you're, you're kind of – I don't think has a home run yet. He plays an okay shortstop, but certainly missed an opportunity to improve this team. I guess that's a good segue. Trade deadline. Uh, just general thoughts. Who do you think are some of the best players that will be traded? Who would you be looking at here if you're the Yankees? And I guess the Mets, take it wherever way uh, you want to go here. I mean, I assume what the biggest name here is Montas, and I assume that he might be the first domino to fall, and teams will kind of wait to see what that package looks like. But it'll be interesting with, you know, the expanded playoffs. We could probably see five or six teams looking for bullpen help. So it'll be interesting to see how many teams are actually sellers and what teams um, decide to buy. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to bring up the Orioles here. They're only six and a half back from a wild card spot, but I, I assume that their plans haven't changed, and they should be sellers um, as we get close to the deadline. I'd love to see them trade Jorge Lopez, who's been, you know, one of the best relief pitchers in baseball this year. But I'd love to see him go. And as much as it would hurt, I think they should be dealing Mancini as well. Um, but you could be seeing like two, like the Guardians could be buyers potentially. Uh, they're fighting with the Twins for first place in the Central. There, you can go down the division, and there's some of these divisions where you can list three or four teams that could potentially be buyers at the deadline. I mean, the NL West, we mentioned the NL East, the AL Central as well. And I mean, you could have all four teams minus the O's buying in the AL East. What do you think the Yankees do? A bullpen guy, a bat, probably same thing for the Mets too, right? Because I think the Mets could probably use another another offense, uh, you know, offensive player that can provide them some pop. We saw versus the Astros, they couldn't score any runs. What kind of, uh, you know, bat and arm do you think the Mets are in, in the market for? I don't know that. That's a good question. I also, I don't know how long Trevor May is going to be out for, but I, I you know, they could probably use another uh, back end of the of the bullpen guy. And I assume, you know, most of these teams could. But as far as the Yankees go, I really think the Yankees should try to get an upgrade and maybe shortstop, and then maybe you know strengthen that lineup a little bit at, at the bottom. Because when they do give a couple guys a day off, that bottom of the lineup has a few automatic outs. Yeah. What do you make of the Lindor trade? It's quietly the, the Guardians did well in that trade. I guess they were the Indians when they made the trade. 
Uh, if you look at what Lindor's doing, he's been okay. He's been good. He hasn't been great. Some of the guys, the, the Guardians, Indians got back, have done well. What, what did you make of that trade? And would you be worried about this contract long-term here if you're the Mets? I wouldn't. But, yeah, no, but you're right. The Guardians did make out pretty well. Uh, I still think it's, it's a fine trade for the Mets. I doubt what those two guys would be starting for them. They, they don't have room for both. Um, so, yeah, I, I know, you know, maybe Lindor. Lindor's been good. Maybe not what Mets fans expected for him to do at the plate. But I don't think you can be too, too upset with that, with that deal. I, I assume the contract, I think he'll age fine. You mentioned the Orioles. Uh, it took you longer than I thought to mention the Orioles, to be honest. I, I'll give you a chance here. Like you said, you're an Orioles fan. Um, you tweet about them constantly. I've thought about blocking you a few times. I haven't <laughs> done it yet. Uh, just take it away here. you got to feel good about the direction they're going. I thought they were maybe a year away. They were so bad last year. I thought they'd be bad for another year. Then maybe next year make a jump. Uh, how good are you feeling about your Orioles team right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like what they're doing. Um, we've seen the pitching kind of develop over the last couple years across the minor league level. I want to say that they led every level in strikeout percentage, or at least saw the, one of the bigger increases across all levels. And, you know, everyone gave them a bunch of shit for moving that fence back, the left field wall fence. But, hey, they're over 500 at, at home. Um, but it, it's promising. I mean, like you said, I, I know a bunch of people wanted them to sign Correa this past all season, And, like, I wouldn't have been opposed, but, I mean, I thought it was a little bit too early in, in the rebuilding. You know, I've joked about having them win the World Series in 2025, but I do expect them to actually be maybe not necessarily a contender, but a, a pretty good ball club over the next couple of years. Um, they're just starting to call up some of their top prospects. And, you know, they've been picking at the top of the draft for a few years now. Michael Elias has a great track record with the Astros. And I really love what they're doing in terms of their, their front office and, and their player development. Um, it, it's, it's, they're actually kind of fun to watch this year, surprisingly. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with you. Uh, th this was fun. I got one more for you before we get you out of here. It's kind of out of left field, but I've been fascinated by it. A week ago was the NBA draft. We saw, boy, Woj tweets out it's going to be Jabari. It ends up being <laughs> Palo. A lot of Palo bets in between. Something certainly fishy went on. What's sort of your take as somebody who's just a better and was tracking this? What have you heard? What are your kind of uh, theories here in, in terms of what happened with the draft last week? I mean, honestly, I, I heard Spreader say, I don't think there was anything too fishy about it. I think Woj legitimately didn't know. Because um, we saw, like, I don't think Shams tweeted all day, or at least I don't think he mentioned anything Not. about the yeah, I don't think he mentioned anything about that top pick. Um, I had a friend who, you know, was looking at the odds and said, she was like, I don't understand why this went from, you know, he went huge favorite to now an underdog. So I actually grabbed some, what, plus 300 day of. And uh, like a lot of other people, I was kind of, searching out to try to grab a, um, a better number to see if it would move throughout the day. Didn't get as much as I would have liked, but still, you know, got some plus 300. So I can't be too upset about that. MLB dream. Appreciate you coming on. Why don't you let everyone know uh, where they can find your work and, and any, uh, any bets for tonight. You mentioned the Yankees, any other K props you like, this is we're recording 1140. So I, I know you mentioned before that uh, we, before we started recording, you liked Bieber over for strikeouts. It might be tough by the time people listen to this, that might've already started, but I'll let everyone know what else you bet tonight and where they can find your work. Yeah, for sure. Like I mentioned, Beavers had a little increase in strikeouts. That one starts at one, so I bet over six and a half there. Took the Yankees at minus 118. I think we should see some movement on our side once lineups are released. And then I went ahead and bet the Reds. Kind of ugly. Reds team total, but it's a windy day in, in Wrigley, and hopefully Kyle Hendricks has the, those fly balls flying into the bleachers. But yeah, you can check me out at MLB Dream on Twitter. Um, over at FTN, I do a a weekly free write-up, I think three or four times a week. I'll actually got to get started writing it once we're done here. So, yeah, be sure to check that out. 
All right, man. It's been long overdue. Thanks for coming on. We'll have to do this again soon. I enjoyed it. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on, man. For sure, man. Look forward to doing it again. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to MLB Dream. Enjoyed that. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back Monday. Uh, Next week on the show, we should have Katie Sharp. We should have a few more great guests. So looking forward to that. Don't forget, please, guys, rate, review, subscribe. We could use some ratings on Apple Review. My goodness, it doesn't take that long. We, we ask very little of you. So uh, go to Apple, go to Spotify, leave us some reviews, some ratings. It would be greatly appreciated. I don't know if you're really going to do it. Does anyone listen to me? I guess we'll find out. But uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the 4th of July weekend. Uh, hopefully the Mets can get a little more ground between them and the Braves, but we are looking at a long a, a long summer, a long pennant race here, an intense pennant race between the Mets and the Braves uh, starting really this weekend as the lead has been cut to three. So see you next week. Thank you for listening. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.